With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPAI Radio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Technical advice by John Melanson. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Well, welcome everyone to the first show of 2012, the BDPAI Radio Show. We have an exciting lineup of guests. Our first guest tonight will be Mike Williams. He's the director of BDPA South Region. Our second guest will be Perry Carter. He is the chapter president of BDPA Washington, D.C. And our third guest will be James Hines, and he is founder of By Parents for Kids Entertainment. So stay tuned, stay with us, and join us as we start off 2012 with our exciting programming. We're going to take a brief break to give you a little information about the BETF Foundation, and when we come back, we'll talk with Mike. The BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs, scholarships, and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash BDPA Foundation, or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. Well, welcome back. Mike, how are you this evening? Right, I'm good. How are you? Terrific, terrific. So I know that uh, you are home in Atlanta, if only for a brief moment tonight, as you travel around the country. And I wanted to check in with you. How is 2012 starting off for you? Uh, 2012 is great. Uh, I had a little daughter last year, and... um, if I look at uh, some of the exciting things that uh, BDPA National and also a, a lot of the local chapters are prepared to do, I think 2012 is shaping up to be a good year for me personally and uh, for the organization. Wow, that's, that is a wonderful way, a wonderful perspective to share with us. And I know that you are now, um, that you've had many roles within BDPA, and you are now the director of BDPA South Region, and I wondered, you know, when you talk about the fresh perspective and and the vision for uh, 2012, what does that exactly look like? Well, it, it really looks like, you know, setting the, the objectives for the organization. Really, what is it that, uh, what value do we want to provide to our members? And then how do we enhance the programs that we provide today to the youth? And how do you build all that up and, and make sure that the awareness is out there in terms of all the great things that BDPA does and get that communicated to our sponsors and then also other folks who we would also like to join us in this effort and, and really grow BDPA. So I'm really looking forward to a, a year of growth uh, really over the next two years for BDPA under the leadership of Monique Berry. Well, you know, that's a... <laughs> BDPA is all about leadership and leadership at so many levels, and I think it's great to acknowledge that we are under new leadership. Monique is ready. Um, I sit in Philadelphia, so I see Monique on a regular basis, and it's great to feel the energy um, that is starting off the year. Now, in terms of this whole um, governance model, that is new, and you talked about, I'm almost picturing here a diagram, um, a number of stakeholders. There are the members, there are the sponsors, there are the youth, the community, um, getting the word out. Um, how, how is that going to play out 
in the southern region? How we actually okay. execute that, and and what can people learn from your perspective? Well, Fran, as you said, it's it's it, it's fairly new, and and with with new things comes new ta- challenges, but there's also rewards too. I think the the challenge initially with the the new regional um, makeup is. The fact that it's new, you have to help divide, uh, define and establish what that what we're going to do for the region, define the strategies and what programs and what objectives we need to do within the regions to kind of uplift the regions, help them grow, help getting the word out about BDPA and all the great things we do. So on my, on my side, my thing is to, to define a strategy where we, we did that with not only just myself but with some other regional directors that we combined a a joint uh, regional strategy that we're going to execute across the country, but also working with the local presidents and understanding their vision for their chapter and how that maps up to not only just a regional strategy, but also the national strategy. And then look for ways where we can meet in the middle, but at the same time rolling and and really moving towards the same common goals. And those three goals really um, quite clearly is just building up the membership, which which is what I use when I say the term growing the membership. That's what I mean. The other thing is also increasing our sponsorship, and then providing value-added services or professional development to our members. I think those three are really the primary objectives for us. And then on top of all that is just really building the awareness of BDPA and what we do, and put that word out there and make sure people know about all those great things we do. And I think with those four objectives. I think we can do a lot of good, not only in the South region, but I think nationally. Mm, okay. So you mentioned growing, attracting, building awareness. What got you originally involved in BDPA? What's your story? I almost feel like it's the beginning of a series. What's your story? Well, I, I was a member of BDPA back in Jersey. I'm from Jersey. I grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. I was a member of the, the Newark BDPA some long time ago. I moved to Atlanta in, in 2006, and I got involved with the local BDPA chapter here when someone named Teresa Williams became the president. So what really attracts me to BDPA, it's an African orga- African-American organization that basically supports technology professionals. So anyone that knows me knows I love technology and I love talking about technology. And then most of all, I love networking and meeting new people. So my interest is really about the technology aspect, the fact that I'm amongst my people, and then just networking and meeting new people and building those relationships. So that's what draws me to BDPA, and that's what keeps me here. And earlier in our conversation, you talked about attracting the youth. What's what's the strategy for 2012 in terms of attracting youth so that they'll say, you know, five years from now, ten years from now, well, I got involved because, and I'm still involved because? Yeah, I think the, 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 the past leadership and, and some of those folks are still current within the leadership have done a great job in really getting the word out about the HSCC programs, all those things related to STEM. So my position is really to support those, uh, go around and also communicate and evangelize what we're doing and what we plan to do. I know uh, uh, some chapters I know in, in Atlanta and then also some chapters outside outside the southern region have a lot of uh, new programs and enhancements to the existing ones. So my job is really just to evangelize those and make sure that the youth understand what we have to offer and support them. And in my case, I also would like to sponsor membership for some youth as well to make sure that they have an opportunity to get involved. Hmm. Now, will that be um, a personal or individual sponsorship or what? Tell me a little bit more about that. Um, and is that one thing I'm very passionate about when you when you volunteer for organizations, I'm very passionate about what I call the three T's, and I think it's well known: time, treasure, and talent. I like to provide my time, which is what what I do with BDPA when I sit in meetings or sit in the the national board meetings. Uh, I like to provide my talent, provide my experience and my advice on certain situations. 
But the other thing is is provide my treasure. That's making personal donations to causes I believe in. So those are the things that I'm really passionate about. So I try to find opportunities where I can help people, especially the youth, that are really want to get involved in things but may not have the wherewithal otherwise. So we've got to be able to, to champion for folks like that so that they don't miss out on great opportunities. Okay, so Mike, as you talk about opportunities, I'm not sure that our listening audience is aware that you're currently serving as the head of a global infrastructure and delivery for FIS. And I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about your role and and how some of the skills that you use on a day-to-day basis, even if it's time management, are transferable in your BDPA role and to what degree you get to share some of those learnings when you talked about time and talent and treasures um, with your BDPA team and and the BDPA family. Sure. Yeah, I, I work for FIS. I'm an executive at a company called FIS, which is the global leading banking and payments technology provider. Uh has over 14,000 customers in, in 100 countries. Uh, really, if you, if you look at FIS and what I do for my job, I provide leadership of a global team that's over 500 people. And on top of that, one of the core values of FIS is community. So they definitely support the community in terms of United Way and other uh, nonprofit organizations. So a lot of the core values that my company has aligns with my own core values. Uh, I've been interested in, in, in doing community service just like a lot of folks in BDPA uh, for years now. So that aligns, and within my normal job, I provide a lot of leadership to to my team. I develop people in terms of helping them move on and progress to the next level within their careers, providing advice and and mentorship and guidance. So a lot of that experience, and and then also the business uh, side of things, understanding financials and the business aspect. So a lot of those experiences and skill sets easily transfer over to BDPA or any nonprofit organization uh, when you provide advice to try to help the organization achieve, achieve its objectives. So I think a lot of those things, and, and, and it's not just me, there's a lot of people on the board that have similar skill sets, which is why I think the leadership as a whole uh, this year, and like the, the other years, is very strong and it's going to be consistent, and, and, and I look forward to a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more. When you opened up, you, you mentioned that you have a young daughter. And then as I listened to you, I heard the word grow, grow, and communicate, um, and develop. And I I can't help but see the parallels between kind of starting a family and um, revitalizing and energizing a region and um, sharing the secrets. Um, that BDPA has, and and helping a whole new generation um, understand what BDPA has to offer and also helping them understand how they can be a part of shaping it. And so although you've talked a little bit about the vision, I'm wondering if you can kind of pull back the covers for us and um, identify some of the people that are on the BDPA team with you. Um, how are you taking that experience of managing and leading 500 people um, and bringing it, you know, to what you do on a monthly basis and quarterly basis with BDPA? And the reason I'm drilling down is I know that within our listeners are members that haven't maybe haven't stepped up to take a leadership role within BDPA. And I'm hoping that as they listen to some of the stories that you share, they may be encouraged to take that step or to raise their hand to volunteer 
um, or to be part of a committee or something like that. Yeah, what's interesting, we, we have a lot of good young and, and, and I shouldn't say old, I would, I would say mature talent that I met during our strategy meetings last year in Philadelphia and then also in, in Vegas. And locally, and what I'll do, Fran, is, is break down what I've been doing with some of the folks locally, but also the local chapters, but the regional and then also national. So locally, we have a we also have a new president coming in, a bright and very energetic person, Felicia Jones. Uh, very excited about her and the new leadership that uh, that's going to be working with her. So some of the talent that I've taken and really applied to BDPA there here in Atlanta, I've been working closely with Felicia and the team where I helped them kind of draft their strategy, identified some objectives. I'm also helping them and guiding them establish a nonprofit uh, 501c3 uh, organization. So I've used my talent to kind of help and guide them there. On the regional level, as I referenced earlier, is we sat down with a lot of the other regional directors and we developed a joint regional strategy. So again, using my talents and experience, but also leveraging the talents and experience of other folks to kind of come up with something that we can all use throughout our regions to kind of move the, the local chapters and, and helping the presidents of those local chapters uh, move forward. And then at a national level, as you know, as a regional director, uh, my other role, I, I, I serve as a member of the national board. So it gives me an opportunity to leverage my experience, whether it be a business experience, uh, leading and being a participant of other nonprofit organizations, uh, leading and developing people, and just providing that strategic advice. So I have the opportunity at all levels, whether it's local, regional, or national, to provide my different skill sets from leadership to strategy uh, and to just provide an overall experience to help the BDPA as a whole at every single level move forward. So I think I leverage those talents a great deal, but I also learn a great deal from a lot of the other talented leaders within BDPA. And as you're talking, I'm fast-forwarding to a certain degree to August, and I can almost see the conference now because the conference is one of the opportunities where we have almost everyone in the room from all the different levels of BDPA interacting and sharing best practices and, um, and, and fellowship. And I'm wondering, even though it's the 10th day of 2012, if you can share part of your vision of what might happen at the conference. Oh, I'll gladly share that, Fran. One is the Atlanta chapter will be the chapter that achieved the most growth between now and, and August. The other thing is I'm looking forward to helping the South region also achieve that to be the, the, the chapter or the region that achieved the most growth. I also want to be able to identify programs that we've enhanced, and that's also new programs. We're talking about doing summits, regional summits. We're also talking about doing local summits. So I think when we go to the, 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 the national conference in August, I think there will be a lot of good stories to tell. It's not because – Mike's involved, I just have the feeling we have a lot of very energetic people, and that really energizes me because when you have a lot of people with all that energy, it kind of makes the mood good, and you, and you all just want to do good, and you all want to just work and fight towards the same goals and objectives, and to me, that's very exciting. So I think when we go to nationals in August, there's going to be a lot of great stories to tell, from membership growth to new programs that were introduced. I think we'll have more uh, local chapters that are probably nonprofits. So I think there's going to be a lot of good news to share. Mm. So what's the challenge, aside from uh, the southern region picking up uh, the kind of some of the kudos, what's, what's the challenge that you're going to put out to listeners that they can step up to over the next eight months to really make their experience within BDPA a meaningful one and to make the stories that we share around the table in August 
really, really exciting. What would you ask? I, I would say, to, I, I would say to them, now is the time to because we have new leadership. There's no time better than now to really step forward and make an impact because of the new regional structure, the new uh, board of directors. Now is the time to get involved if you're really passionate about the BDPA and all the things BDPA does. And there's some things some of us may say that we should do differently, but if you're one of those people, here's the time to actually provide that, that advice, to provide that guidance. Get involved. And you can either be part of the problem or part of the solution. I want everybody to be part of the solution because I want everyone to work together, and I think the more numbers we have, the more leaders we have, the more people we have interested in one common goal under Monique Berry, I think we can get a lot done, not just for this year for BDPA, but for this year and beyond. So let's work together to grow BDPA and make it a strong organization that it already is, but just let's, let's just make it stronger. Wow. That is a wonderful start to 2012. Mike, it's really been a pleasure having you kick off our programming for 2012. Love the energy, love the command and presence, and um, really you set the tone for community and action um, by naming one of the, the things that I heard right away is you named names. Um, acknowledging the leaders, acknowledging people who are setting the tone. And BDPA is about people. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing you at the conference, and thanks for setting us off on the right foot. So have a great evening. I know that you're traveling tomorrow and that you're on the road a lot. And thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you, Fran. I really appreciate you inviting me to the show. My pleasure, and look forward to hearing more updates from your region. Thank you. Well, folks, thanks. And so, well, folks, that was Mike Williams, Director of BDPA South Region. And up next is our very own Wayne Hicks. He is going to give us the January 2012 BETF update. So Wayne, I know that you're on the line. Welcome and Happy New Year. How are you? I am outstanding. Thank you very much, Fran. Very excited to um, hear our, our new South Region Director and, and listening to him talk about time, talent, and treasure. Um, I will testify on behalf of his commitment to walk the walk. Um, earlier, uh, earlier this month, within the first 10 days of the calendar year, um, Mike agreed to a to a, a significant uh, pledge for our Bemley Scholarship Fund. Those are the scholarships that we will give out um, later this year to the kids that are participating and perform very well in our high school computer competition. And so it is always nice to hear someone who not only talks the talk but walks the walk. Um, I will say that we announced on the last uh, BETF Minute, if you will, the last radio show, uh, that we planned on, on playing small ball with um with the one particular goal that we have of raising $100 uh, per day through our online platforms. And, Fran, you were kind enough to make a pledge um, at that show. So far this calendar year, we have hit that, that goal um, six out of the ten days of the year. Um, today we're very grateful to, to the three people, uh, one from uh, Philadelphia, another from the Twin Cities area that have that have come forward and have made that happen for us um, today. But we've hit that goal six out of ten days, and, and we will continue to report and to, to strive for that. Had a conversation with our national president, um, uh, Monique Berry, and our national BDPA vice president of finance, Lorraine Stevens, and the foundation is going to be working with them to place our nonprofit status over the annual BDPA technology conference in Baltimore. And so we'll be working with the state of Maryland to get that nonprofit status so that all of the, there won't be any sales tax charged uh, for all of the vendors and the activity that takes place that particular week. And that'll be a savings for the organization that's, that's a significant one of upwards of $40,000. I think the last thing that I would love to report is we had an individual, a young man who's a BDPA member in Charlotte. Uh, he's employed at Wells Fargo Bank. His name is John Hoffler. 
John has made the largest single, single individual commitment to BDPA programs and services and has a donor. Um, he has made a commitment that it will equate over the course of the next two years to $12,000. Um, he's going to actually give $500 per month to support BDPA programs in Charlotte and to support the Bemley Scholarship Fund. And it's an example of how our own growing our own members and working with our members, and in John's case, not only does he work in corporate America, but he owns his own company. Um, his kids are both engaged with the BDPA high school computer competition and the other programs in the Charlotte area. And that's that's another one of those examples of, of as we continue to, to grow some really great programs, we have our own members who treat it like church. That's how John thinks of it. He thinks of BDPA in some respects, you know, like church for him and that, and that he wants to give back to it the way that he gives back to, to um, you know, to other organizations in his life. And I think that's, um, that's the BTF minute, if you will, for, uh, for this week. Wow, Wayne, that is really inspiring. <laughs> I mean, thank you for giving us the update. Um, just impressed at the commitment, and as you say, folks that are walking the talk, thank you very much, John, um, for setting a very tangible and measurable goal, you know, $500 a month. Um, okay, I can see that. So, that's that's impressive, and um, gosh, I I will need to revise um, the commitment that I make on a regular basis. So I, I appreciate your information, Wayne. Um, thank you, Fran. You guys, I, I'm looking forward to the next two guests on the show. Yes. Well, thank you, Wayne. Have a great evening. Uh, definitely appreciate your updates. And up next. Uh, is Perry Carter. Perry is Chapter President of BDPA Washington, D.C., and Perry's been a member of BDPA for about 25 years, and his story is an interesting one of how he got started with BDPA, so I'm going to let him share that with you. Welcome, Perry. How are you tonight? Fran, I'm doing very well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, we had a chance to chat a little bit uh, before the show, and you were saying that over the holidays you spend part of your time in D.C. and part of your time in Philadelphia. So um, that was kind of great to know that uh, you're able to travel and see family and your roots are in D.C. So I was hoping that you could start off the year with a story, not a bedtime story, but with a story, and share with us how you got involved with BDPA originally. Well, it was uh, through, of all things, the radio. I was a computer science major at Temple University, and one day I heard uh, a radio announcement, and uh, it was an organization known as the Black Data Processing Associates, and it was advertised on WDAS. And the ad was fairly open-ended. It basically mentioned if anyone was interested in, at the time, data processing or computers, the Black Data Processing Associates is having a meeting at, at the time, Gerard Bank downtown. So uh, myself and a few other students from Temple, we went down and attended the first meeting, and we met uh, several distinguished members of the Philadelphia chapter at that time. What we did, uh, we then said, how can we do this at our level? How can we do this at Temple University? And what would it take for some of the members that we saw at that meeting at Gerard Bank uh, to come over and talk to some of the students and meet with us to talk about different career opportunities? So that was where we decided to actually start a chapter, and our first speaker was the distinguished Dr. Jesse Bimley. And he actually took a train up from Washington, D.C., and spoke to our student chapter. We ultimately had about 35 students uh, before I graduated, and the chapter was started in 1983. But that was my first introduction to BDPA, uh, which was in 1983. Wow, that's very impressive. And, again, it really magnifies the lessons and leadership that, Mike was referring to earlier in terms of 
you know, bringing together people, having people take initiative, communicate, set goals, make things happen, and, um, you know, just set the tone. And 25 years later, you know, you are still involved in BDPA. Now, I do want to share with our audience that in between Temple University and today, you had a number of leadership opportunities outside of BDPA, and one of them was with the U.S. Marines. And I'd like for you to to tell us, how did you get involved in the Marines, and how has that experience enriched um, your perspective of BDPA? Well, I entered the Marine Corps as an enlisted Marine in Paris Island, and uh, I was a Marine Corps reservist because I wanted to uh, continue my school. Uh, so I was in the reserves. Uh, my unit was the Philadelphia Navy Yard. It was at um, part of a unit at Willow Grove. It was um, air supply was my occupation, and at the time it was a wing transportation squadron located at the Navy Yard. While I was a reservist, um, I first started at Temple majoring in architecture, but I was also enrolling into the Navy ROTC program. Now, the Navy ROTC program, very similar to uh, what I think Wayne mentioned earlier, John Hoffler out of our Charlotte chapter, uh, Navy ROTC had two options, and since I was already in the Marine Corps, I decided to stay with the Marine Corps option. So once I moved over into the ROTC program, I was then more involved in many of the chapter activities at the university, but I did both, I did most of my classes for ROTC at the University of Pennsylvania. So we did a lot of networking there. My interest in the Marine Corps was small unit leadership. One thing that impressed me about the Marine Corps was they had a very refined network of very strong individuals. They had a very large following throughout the country, a well-recognized brand. And, at, you know, as a young kid, you say, hey, this will look good on a resume. And at the time, uh, most kids are very uh, open to wearing uniforms. And, hey, I would look good in that uniform. So long story short, I became an enlisted Marine and I applied for the Navy ROTC program. I received a two-year scholarship, finished my studies at Temple University, and then when I graduated, I became a data systems officer. And my first uh, assignment was Quantico, Virginia for the basic school, followed followed by the data systems officers course, and then I was also assigned at Quantico uh, as a software quality assurance analyst. Hmm. Wow. Some very interesting nuggets to pull out for our listeners. I heard not only Temple University, but also University of Penn. Um, I heard the interest in networking, the identification of the small unit, um, again, the communication skills and branding. Um, and what's What's kind of interesting as I look over your bio and then listen to you live is today one of your roles is in the communication area for as the publisher for BDPA today. So were you a writer? I didn't I didn't hear that in your background in school and I don't think I heard that in the background in terms of the Marines, how did the journalistic piece come in? Well, it was always uh, a passion. Uh, in fact, uh, while I was on active duty, I was elected for two terms as the public affairs officer for another minority organization known as NNOA, or the National Naval Officers Association. And I held that elected office for four years, uh, concurrent with my time I was working with BDPA. And that is where I had a chance to meet a lot of people in the public affairs departments, uh, many of the advertising agencies that we work with. Uh, we were also able to help uh, the Sea Service Chiefs, the Commandant of the Marine Corps, Chief of Naval Operations, and the Commandant of the Coast Guard to kind of, you know, tweak their message to try to help young minorities um, into the sea services, uh, particularly in the officer programs. 
So it was a very, very outstanding experience I had, which was pretty much outside of my OC field or my occupational field. But it helped me pursue a passion that I felt allowed the same people that we support within the occupation to connect more dots. Uh, I would say one of my most exciting tours was uh, for two years um, I supported the Marine Corps Marathon. Uh, as a systems officer, we ran the uh, finish line operations, but our duty at the time was to make sure that we process all of the badges, the, the barcodes of all the runners. Um, at the time, this was before the Internet, and I was the only one on base that knew how to program in Pascal. We had purchased a system that was written in Pascal for an Apple IIe, and we connected it to a series of personal computers. And then we uploaded all the data to the mainframe, and we printed off a wide variety of reports to the various news publications. Uh, some needed mag tape, some needed floppy drives, others just wanted the traditional green bar. So that was where I experienced firsthand the connection of the public affairs office, the press releases, and generating the correct reports to all of the different media outlets for the results of the Marine Corps Marathon. Now, part of that is when we have events like Toys for Tots or the Marine Corps Marathon, that shows basically what many corporations look at today as CSR or corporate social responsibility. Uh, we're out there, uh, we're supporting the community, and the men and women just have a good time. And when it comes to recruiting, when we show up at schools, uh, you know, they recognize that, yes, we are human, we have families, but we love what we do and we do it well. And, Fran, I think that experience, uh, the public affairs side and the time I had working with the different organizations, the ad agencies, the public affairs offices, uh, really helped me help BDPA. I think that's one of the uh, questions that you had earlier is how did that experience help me help BDPA? So, um, and, yes, we've made some changes. Uh, I think, as uh, Wayne may have mentioned earlier uh, in one of the um, pieces we sent to you, um, we had put together several magazines in the past for the organization, but I'm happy to announce that uh, we're starting our fifth year right now with BDPA today. And uh, so we're now looking for some of the young students now to work on developing apps on the Android platform uh, for iPad, iPods. So we want to be able to have our information readily available to people uh, regardless of how they want to access that information about BDPA and our events. Wow, that is phenomenal. And I'm I'm very glad that Green Bar is no longer one of the accepted forms of <laughs> where how you would get information. And the the history that you just shared in terms of technology, um just you know, I'm like, wow, I do remember some of those uh some of those forms of technology. So tell me a little bit more about the apps. How are you going to reach out to the young people? Is this in coordination with the competition? Will students learn about this? Or, you know, how how will that happen? Well, like Mike alluded to earlier, uh, we like to work with very um, small, simplified plans that are manageable at every level. And for the most part, reaching students, uh, it's almost like setting up a, um, a chapter maturity level very similar to uh, the capability maturity model integration or CMMI. Uh, at level zero, we have chapter interest groups. And uh, from at that point, chapter interest groups are anyone interested in forming a chapter or working with a chapter. And in our area, we are working right now with Prince George's Community College. Now, I have two teams at Prince George's Community College. One team is made up almost 100% of journalism students, uh, mass communications majors, those that are interested in that profession. We want those students to actually support BDPA today, write about the story, but we want them to tell the story through the lens of BDPA, interview all the, uh, the geeks, you know, find out what makes them tick, find out what applications they like, find out which browsers they prefer, which devices they prefer, but write that story. And we had uh, many of them at our banquet in um, in December, so we have made that team part of our SIG, or chapter interest group at Prince George's Community College. The other team we have, these are what I consider my hackers. Uh, these are young men and women that are in the profession right now. 
They participated in MDC3, which was the Maryland Cyber Competition Conference, or Maryland Cyber Challenge. And those are students that actually work on developing their skills in cybersecurity. Now, they meet on Fridays in the evening, and they sit down and, and pretty much they talk about the different tools and technologies available to help uh, defend networks, and in some cases uh, they may be pursuing professions as ethical hackers. But at level zero, that would be the chapter interest group. Level one, maturity level for a chapter would be a new chapter, and typically a new chapter would be someone that we just chartered, and I would say the next two to three years within our region, uh, ideally uh, we would like to have a chapter in all of the surrounding counties in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, we have enough people in the area uh, to support those different types of chapters, and we even have enough people uh, in Central Maryland that have unique skills to support uh, some of the new challenges that we have um, between Aberdeen and Washington, D.C. Uh, we're looking for more people right now with cybersecurity skills, and I think that's going to really help support the attendance at our conference in August. We will be in Baltimore in August. So that particular career fair, we hope to highlight a lot of the challenges and opportunities that our industry will uh, provide them. And then at level three, I would say a chapter, that's probably best can describe our chapter, correction, level two, I'm sorry, level two, uh, where, where we're managed. Um, we basically have different pillars of operation that have been very successful in the past few years, one of which has been our education uh, committee, uh, and they run the high school computer competition, uh, Mr. Lou Shack and his team. Uh, Lou has... Ed Yeldell, and Ed has been working with the students for quite some time. Ed is also a Bowie State graduate. So Ed, Rod, and Lou work with our students on the education committee, and that particular pillar of our chapter uh, has been doing very well. Most of the students, uh, teams we've had in the past several years, have uh, placed in the top ten. Uh, many have placed in the top five at the National High School Computer Competition. We also have the regional competition every year, and coming up uh, on the 21st of this month, we will have our high school computer competition kickoff downtown in Washington. So going back to what you're saying, Fran, those are the three initial levels that we look to try to engage students. And for the college students and the community colleges, uh, we are always interested in having chapter interest groups where five or ten members can come together. They can have their own brown bag sessions, talk about what is hot that week or what's hot that day, but we want them to engage, and if they need any speakers from us, if they need support from us, we can provide that to them. Mm, wow. You know, the I'm, I'm almost tempted to pull out each, uh, each episode uh, sort of an iRadio glossary. Um, Mike started off with strategic and leadership and branding, uh, and leadership, and, and you're identifying the, the network, um, the branding, and uh, I guess I, I would almost, you know, when I think about the Marines, there, there is that strategy, um, and it's about the, ex the planning and the execution. And um, I was really very fascinated by the fact that you had two groups, you know, the journalist group and the hacker group. Um, and you're taking advantage and leveraging the interest, the passion, the skills towards a common goal. Um, so as, as a takeaway, as, as someone listening to this, I realize that there are some best practices that other chapters, other members with a particular interest um, can do, and also just there, there are multiple ways to engage BDPA members, um, and age doesn't have to be an issue. Uh, skill level doesn't have to be an issue. Um, so it, it's very exciting to see how you're bringing together passion, technology, communication, and engaging, um, you know, the BDPA family. So I really want to thank you for being on our show. Um, what's coming up next? I know that you mentioned in your area 
there are a series of events, um, the high school computer competition, uh, the studying group is starting. Um, what's coming up that the listeners need to keep their eye on so that they can provide your team with more support? And when I say your team, I'm, I'm referring to the BDPA Today team. Well, I would how say... How uh, help you? Pardon me, Fran? Repeat that? Yes. How, how can members help you? Oh, uh, well, in Washington, D.C., there's a lot to do. And I would say the ideal scenario would be for members to pursue their passion uh, through what we see now, the emerging cyber ecosystem. And I say that because right now, cyber space, the information technology realm, the cyberspace domain in and of itself touches every facet of life, and it transcends all vertical markets within our industries. Now, toward that end, what we recommend is form a SIG or a special interest group with BDPA members, and many of those members can assist other members who are not necessarily technical uh, to provide some of those services. Um, we have virtually every professional in this industry uh, at every chapter uh, throughout the country. Um, some people call it a sleeper cell. Uh, that might be too broad of a statement, but we have professionals uh, throughout the country and some are uh, working globally, uh, worldwide, that can assist young men and women at every level uh, within industry. We're also looking at having an opportunity now to leverage something known as IPv6. That's the Internet Protocol version 6. That is a drastic change where we used to have IPv4, which pretty much gave everybody close to $4.3 billion Internet um, IP addresses. Well, we've blown through that. So now every device with IPv6, every device now in essence can have its own IP address and every person on the planet can have their own IP address and their own website per device. That opens up an entire list of opportunities that's unlimited for any profession. So going back to your first statement, we highly encourage young men and women uh, to come uh, attend a workshop but we prefer them to host one. Go ahead and say, hey, how can we host a BDPA workshop? And we want you all to talk about this topic. We'll provide the speakers. We will provide some of the sponsors for them. And we will also provide a network of professionals that you can meet at a regional conference and also at a national conference. We also have a list of white papers, and I believe on most of our websites now, we, can, we have archives where you can actually look at some of the topics that we've published in the past, especially uh, through our newsletters within the last five years. Excellent. Wow. Well, and, and Fran, I'm closing. Yes, yeah, one more thing. I apologize. Uh, we do have one major event next uh, next month uh, that most of the chapters are participating in. That's uh, the Black Family Technology Awareness Week in February. So each chapter, I think, uh, are participating in various activities. I know many of our members will be attending the Black Engineer of the Year Awards uh, ceremonies in Philadelphia in February. Right, and I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that, and uh, iRadio listeners can check the blog um, and the different group site uh, locations to get additional information as well as their chapter website. So that's right. In uh, in February, we are in the process of finalizing our guests, and I suspect that if there is an interest, um, we can have uh, a special edition BDPA iRadio show to showcase what is going on across the nation in terms of the Black Family Technology Awareness Week. So. Thank you so much for bringing your energy and enthusiasm, providing us with a little bit of history, and um, really giving us a visual on what strategy looks like when you bring technology and talent and uh, bring together a team of people. And BDPA members, it's all right here, right for you. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. Not a problem, Fran. Thank you for having us.
You're welcome. And up next, our third and final guest, James Hines. James is the founder of By Parents for Kids Entertainment. And his mission is to streamline the development and commercialization of ideas that empower young minds to be inspired and excited. You know, you would think that we planned this, right? The guests have just flowed from Mike Williams to Perry Carter to James Hines. James is on the line, and welcome, James. How are you tonight? We're going to awesome, open up Brandy. your mic. I'm glad to be here. Can you hear me? Yes, Hello. I can. That is terrific. I, I apologize. Yeah, I'm at a convention. I'm at a, a hotel at the CES uh, Consumer Electronics Show, and unfortunately, signal may go in and out, but I'm in a permanent location that's giving me the best signal possible. Oh, no problem. This is the wonderful thing about technology. We can have you be a guest no matter where you are. You're on your cell phone. And, you know, I mean, folks, you don't even have to wait for the tweet. So give us the 140-character um, update on the conference that you're at. Oh, it's been awesome. I actually uh, came in early. I was at the AT&T Hackathon, which was a precursor to the whole Consumer Electronics Show. Um, a lot of what we consume and build and enjoy as consumers, such as the mobile devices, cell phones, tablets, a lot of the leaders were there presenting uh, with AT&T, presenting great opportunities from Steve Ballmer representing Microsoft, the president of Nokia, HTC, all the headsets. So I being here, or the short version is, um, this is a, one of the few places on the planet where you can meet internationally a diverse array of content providers, um, manufacturers, brand advertisers, and other people in network and really uh, move forward from a very domestic as well as an international agenda. So TES 2012 is awesome. And a bunch of celebrities. Wow. Let me not forget the celebrities. I did miss Will Smith yesterday here for uh, something to do with the premiering the movie of uh, Men in Black 3 in, in uh, 3D and a ton of other people from Justin Bieber to, I guess, Snoop Dogg is going to be showing up over the next few days, all promoting Wow. Tech. Well, that's really exciting. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I did not say that at the BDPA National Conference in August, you too can have the opportunity to meet technical celebrities and have access to the latest and greatest technology, meet some of the sponsors and the leaders within the technology industry. So, you know, I don't think Wayne is still on the line and I'm not sure that uh, Monique is on the line. However, I suspect that they would say, collect some of those cards, build those relationships, because there are national and regional BDPA leaders who would love to bring some of the individuals that you're connecting with and make them accessible to our members at the conference in August. So, I believe so. I, I spoke with Wayne earlier, and I mentioned my, part of my gig here is to get as much opportunity for EPA and its programs, particularly in the entrepreneur space. And, you know, the agenda of what's going on with BDPA is wonderful, and wherever I could send a person or an organization to support at whatever level, you know, that's just part of the opportunity of being here. That is terrific, and that fits in so well with, our mission, and really our theme tonight. I'm going to um, kind of build on what both Mike and Perry said in terms of the three T's. You're spending your time, you're leveraging your talent, and you're helping to bring back information, which is a form of treasure, to BDPA to share it. So, James, tell us a little bit about what you do and why you do it. Why parents for kids? Um, why entertainment? Why technology? How do those things all fit together? Well, frankly, those things come together because they all are about, um, first off, those are the things that we most consume as human beings. We love tech. Um, you know, entertainment is how we like to spend our free time. And um, pardon me if I'm forgetting the other point you brought up, but 
my first came about with this notion that how can all those things improve the notion of education, or more importantly, teaching and learning? How can we add more? How how can those things, which are lifelong skills and opportunities, how can they be more engaging for us? So By Parents for Kids came up with the notion that how we want to empower young minds and also the hands that guide them, be their parents, teachers, mentors, or communities. So that's the notion. We're a software development company that creates a mobile app and content for these new devices that are coming into our homes and into our classrooms. And also we create events that engage the corporate community as well as local national organizations such as BDPA to come together and champion opportunities for talents to showcase, to build skills, and for corporate partners to provide their not only, you know, goodwill that they're looking for, but also some hard assets and some uh, insights into what they're looking for from U.S. citizens. Mm. So I hear the the business case for what you're doing. I mean, when entrepreneurs say, hey, I've got a great idea, what takes it from being an idea to a business activity is that it's solving a problem, it's meeting a need. And right off the bat, you said that technology and entertainment are two elements that drive us. And you're then taking education and bringing that into the mix so that youth are being inspired and excited to learn. I mean, that's phenomenal. Now, is that limited just to youth? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, making things entertainment or gamified, uh, gamification is the new word, it's, it's at any level. I mean, training, why should things be, things be hard and boring? It's, it just shouldn't be. Um, you know, animation, uh, looking at three things in a 3D fashion, or uh, I'm reminded of years ago uh, watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon with Elmer Fudd explaining how business, how capital works in business. It's an animation. You can probably find it if you Google it or go to YouTube. And it's, it, it shows you how in, in an informal, fun fashion, information about a, a business process, such as how capital works, can be shown. So, you know, books are becoming digital books, and some of those digital books will be basic e-books, text-driven. Some will have more features to them, such as collaboration with other peers in and outside the classroom or animation and text. So entertainment values, which are how things are polished, slick, and just sound great and look great, those are what I mean by entertainment. So let me add clarity. Those entertainment values being brought to the education marketplace and the professors who have those skill sets bringing those not only to not only just film and video, but now education, training, or learning. Oh, okay. Okay. Which really kind of then piggybacks on some of the things that Perry was saying in terms of you know, there's communication and there's technology. And now you're adding this this other element of fun, gamifying, as you say. Agreed. I mean, communication is, you know, you enjoy when you're on the phone speaking to someone, you know. And uh, technology is just, I mean, technology is the bridge to bring it all together. And it could be anything from simple coding to a hardware person who actually wants to be on the manufacturing end and wants or, or wants to design a, form, a phone, which is form factor, how it fits on your hand or your ear, or to you know, so it's 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 bring it's all things digital require all skills being digital, and it, it's an opportunity for new for young and mature professionals to participate. It's you know, it is the decade of since 2010, we're in something called the decade of the developer, and I would want to see more people from our communities participate, both professionals who are working now with ideas as well as young people. I, I Actually, as you were talking, I was in the back of my head saying, say more. How can we be involved? And if I'm over 20, am I too old? <laughs> no, because if someone 50, the answer is no, you're not. Um, and you should come as younger than that because there was actually a presenter here uh, who created an app, and he was 
I probably under 15, and his older brother had to come with him, and he presented one of the best apps to be developer off of AT&T software. So there is no age limit to ideas and talent and execution. What we need to do is embrace more of the things that give us a path, such as uh, for networking and mentorship and building things, such as weekend startup camps, hackathons. We have to get this geek technology into us and get it more out into our communities at every level so that these events build our skill sets. Uh, our kids who are, show promising talent in sports have peewee camps for football, baseball, basketball, and whatever. These type of camps need to be part of a community that are tech-driven as well so that we can embrace the ideas that come from young people who could probably use the guidance of an older person to say, very interesting, but if you try this, it will shortcut what you're really trying to achieve. So as an entrepreneur and as someone who interacts regularly with angel investors, venture capitalists, um, the education community, the technology community, do you see, what role do you see BDPA possibly playing in those tech camps? We have the high school computer competition. What are other opportunities? I, I think the opportunity is tremendous, and I'll tell you why I have faith in that. I'm actually at a meeting with a major company, NDS, uh, NDS.com. They are a billion-dollar concern, and their U.S. president and counterpart has been waiting for me for over a half hour. I've been sitting here waiting on this call, and I said I have to take this call because I'm talking to a major IT network that I'm aligned with that does wonderful things in the marketplace, and you guys should come forward and do things with them. So it's about how do we do more of what was mentioned earlier on, more app builds, more hackathons and stuff, but in an engage um, the organizations who are already creating these things. I mean, StartupWeekend.org, um, Semantic Seed. These are companies that are, that are about bringing new entrepreneurs, tech entrepreneurs to the marketplace. And uh, so most states or most cities and have had these events and have them annually, and you can go online and find out how they operate and how to partner with them. But if I may just address, I think you're saying, just the BDA point of view, I think it's already at the beginning of achieving one great thing in that it's got, it has programs and it's reaching out to not only the existing member base but new members such as myself and others and saying, hey, can we forecast six months into the future and plan things so that we have enough runway to make them happen? And, and the answer is yes, and there's a lot to do. There solve problems that are local that, could, that may have a national or global impact, but, you know, learn code, not for code's sake, but because there's a challenge to it. You know, there's an opportunity to actually solve a problem. Create, you know, the next big, Thing. Instead of the next big singer or the next big performer, how about the next big app that makes reading easier or that solves a local problem that possibly could be multiplied 100 times around the world in other markets? Mm, those are wonderful dot, dot, dots. And, James, I really appreciate that you're coming to us live from the technology floor where things are happening at the conferences. And I do understand that you've got some prior commitments. So I want to thank you for being on the show. I would like to continue the conversation at another time. And I do want to share with the BDPA audience, it's the beginning of the year. There's a lot of passion. There's commitment. Wayne talked about um, individuals identifying how they can use their time, talent, and treasure to um, provide opportunities for young people and to provide opportunities for the membership. Within BDPA, every single day, there's a chance for every member to step up and be a leader, for every member to enjoy what BDPA has to offer, and for every member to learn. And James, you've, you've really helped 
um, again, as a guest, set the tone, raise the bar, and provide some challenges. And um, if you have a moment towards the end of the week, I'd love for you to email uh, me some next steps so that when Wayne is communicating out to the BDPAI radio listeners um, how they can be engaged, that we can incorporate that in the communications. Um, and I really do also appreciate you being an arm of BDPA and connecting with the sponsors and the uh, manufacturers out there at the conference. As we wrap up, um, what are some, what's a final thought that you'd like to share with our audience before you dash back out to your meeting? Awesome. Well, thank you. I think my biggest takeaway would be the final question you have is how can first-time tech entrepreneurs successfully get funding from angel investors and venture capitalists? My response is by understanding what is considered a winning presentation of an investable idea, meaning Go to first where funders of startups and first-time entrepreneurs hang out both on and offline and learn specifically what they look for in a presentation. And, and you can find that, again, by just going to uh, a search engine called, you know, you go to Google or Yahoo, whatever, and you type in some of the startup uh, camps that are already going on and look at videos like Techstar which is, um, for those who don't get Bloomberg or Cable, you know, just watch it online and you'll get a real sense of real-world entrepreneurs with ideas, first-time entrepreneurs with no relationships who come together, craft a team, and pitch to investors who are passionate about deploying capital to people who could make sense of how the idea can work through phases. So, you know, that's and, – and, of course, I will follow up more of that – in, in our email because I, I think that BDPA is that's the next level creating entrepreneurs not only IT IT professionals but IT entrepreneurs. Wow! Well, that is a wonderful way to close our program, James. Thanks so much for sharing your time. I also want to thank our earlier guests, Mike Williams and Carrie Carter. Thanks again also for Wayne Hicks coming on and giving us the. Um, BDPA BETF update, and I want to thank the audience. It is again January 10th, 2012. We have the entire year in front of us, and you, BDPA listeners, are the ones that can make it happen. So have a great evening. I'm Fran McNeil, host of BDPA iRadio. Have a great rest of the week, and join us on the fourth Tuesday of the month as we continue BDPAI Radio. Have a great evening, everyone. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and people with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio links business, education, and technology. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.